Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good, beautiful Saturday morning, and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports your, 1400. Start your engines? Start your onions. Start your <laughs> engines. I said it right. Come on now. And uh, appreciate everybody listening. Looks like a beautiful day out there today to go to a football game or to Gaffney Speedway or whatever's going on. Uh, how you doing, Ronnie? Oh, I'm doing great. And uh, you've been here a while already. Yeah, for a little while. I sat in for a little while for Cole and, and Dean and uh talked a little bit of other sports and and we brought a little bit of racing into that show okay well we may talk football a little bit so works for me we'll even it out and we have a special guest this morning because uh our usual co-host uh greg moore is a little under the weather this morning he got us a great guest uh on for our legend segment we've got alan hill from uh here in spartanburg but he's a terror over cherokee speedway and it's great to have you in this morning alan Thank y'all for having me in here today. Well, Glad to fill in for Greg today. Well, you uh, tell you what, you're more than welcome. And right off, anytime, anytime, right off the bat, I got to get into uh, before things get away from us in this first segment and talk about that finish last week at Martinsville. Oh, and that was that was fun to watch. It was fun to watch, and if it did, they did that every week, which they can't at 200 miles an hour at Talladega, although they have. Um, that was the beating and banging is, is what it's all about. And I think, uh, I mean, personally, I want to hear you, you guys' opinion. I think Joey Logano did absolutely the right thing. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I mean, that's, you know, like, like on, uh, if, if you don't know what he did, he knocked, uh, Martin Truex out of the way. He, he led like the last 30 or 40 laps. And then Martin Truex racing clean side by side, not even touching on a narrow half mile track. And they uh, listen. That was a hell of an exhibition of driving by Martin Truex. Yeah, but well, but both of them they weren't even touching. And and Truex going trying to go by on the outside and the inside, and he finally got by him with like four laps to go. And then on the last turn of the last lap, Logano nudged him out of the way and won the race, which I've seen a hundred times at least alan i mean you're a dirt tracker tell me yep. about it yep once you start off into that third turn there's a section there it's kind of like a no touch zone don't get me wrong denny hamlin done it to casey uh case elliott chase elliott last year that was that little no touch zone but once you get halfway through the third turn and you start turning your car from daryl joy logano did nothing wrong except what he need to do to win that race and go on to the championship i'm gonna tell you i listen i don't normally stick around for the post-race comments and everything but i did for this one and i even went uh long enough to see the the panel that they have there with i can't remember that lady's name but but kyle petty and dale jarrett, dale jarrett. kyle petty hit it right on the button he said that wasn't anything that lee petty didn't do to buck baker or David Pearson didn't do to Richard Petty, or Dale Earnhardt didn't do to Terry Labonte. Rubbins racing. Moving people out of the way, though. Rubbins all, all during the race, but move the guy over, 
how many times did Earnhardt do that to uh, Jeff Gordon doing it to to Rusty Wallace at Bristol? I mean, it's Earnhardt getting it done to him by Jeremy Mayfield at Pocono. I mean, it's happened forever. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not dirty. Somebody said, well, why is that different from what happened last year when Hamlin hit um, Casey? uh, Casey, I did it again. Chase Elliott to win the race. And I think uh, Jarrett said, because they didn't put Chase Elliott's car on a trailer. They, I mean, they didn't put it on a, on the hook, on a wrecker, to get it off the track. He just nudged him, didn't hit anything, clean racing. If these boys would have been racing for fourth and fifth, if they had been racing for fourth and fifth, it would have been a different thing. You would never heard nothing about it, except that Joey Logano was going to go on to the championship. But since it was for the win, they just wanted to make a little bit more to do about it. All eyes were on it. All eyes were on it. And... uh like I said, Joey, Joey did nothing wrong except do what he needed to do for his team, and that was win that race. I think, actually, Martin Truex, um, I think he got an education because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, I don't know if that would have made him wait and stay in second place and do it to uh, um, Logano if he'd known it, you know, that it was okay, but it is okay, and he should have known that. And I heard Logano say that, you know, he'd been expecting that for 35 laps. <laughs> and it never happened. And he did let him pass clean. I mean, he tried to block him, I guess, to some extent. But anyway, it was a it was an exciting finish. It was. Uh, Martin might have still had a little hard feelings about the way he got done at Charlotte with the Jimmy Johnson deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, he, well, yeah, yeah, that was mentioned. That was mentioned, too. And, I mean, then here he comes to the short track, and everybody said he's never been good at a short track, stuff like that. And now, don't get me wrong, that grandfather clock means a lot to a lot of race car drivers. Looks good. It does I look think good. Daryl like Walter, Walter's got one for himself and, and everybody that's even got Walter as a last name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got like 15 a petty, too. That was when Walker was driving for Junior Johnson. And, you know, my brother, he worked for Junior for about 23 years. And, you know, at one time, I think they won eight in a row at Bristol. And that's, that's, four, true. Seasons, that's four years. Yep. Both spring and fall race. Well, that's, uh, you know, and I didn't really realize. Greg mentioned it to me yesterday when I um, actually we got you to do the show. Yeah. And, um, he said, well, his brother, was it your brother? My brother. Said Mike. his brother worked for uh, Junior Johnson for years. Is that Mike Hill? Mike Hill. Well, I mean, I've heard that name, uh, but I had no Didn't idea. make the connection. No, yeah. didn't make the yeah. connection at all. Yeah, he works for uh, Action Motorsports now. Does the Formula, I mean, not Formula One racing. It runs the 24-hour Rolex race stuff, IMSA racing now. Right. But they, NASCAR bought IMSA, right? Uh, I don't know if NASCAR. I think they did. But anyway, tell us what you got going on over at Cherokee Speedway right. and, and, uh, and where you race and how well you've done this year. Give us a five-minute recap of your life. We've had about 17 races this year in limited sportsmen, and we've won 10 of them. We won the last big race over there, which was Tribal Nationals. We, we did not. It's a 25-lap race. We got, we got down to the – we did not lead 23 laps of the beginning of the race, but we got down to the last two laps, and – my driver gets up on the steering wheel and pulls it out. And now, who is you leading that last lap? That's what counts. Last lap, song, just like Joey Logano. Last lap or coming off the last turn. Yep. <laughs> now, you say you're driverless. Give him some airtime here. Uh, Danny Tesnier. Yep. My, that's my son-in-law. All right. Married to my daughter. He used to drag race, but then we decided we wanted to start doing a little bit of dirt track racing. You wanted to start turning left a little? Turning 
turning right. You don't turn left. Well, you I, okay, turn right. you turn, you turn <laughs> right to turn yeah, left. Yeah, I saw, I knew that before. Toys, toy car, or whatever name of that movie was. Toys, but, cars, 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 toys. But we have a good time at Gaffney. Uh, <laughs> people at Gaffney Speedway are doing a great job with the racetrack. As Scott Childers, Tony Airdare, and them, they are they are constantly working on that racetrack to improve it. Now, matter of fact, we pulled into the racetrack two weeks ago for this big race. Looked over here to the right. They had all new clays sitting on the outside the racetrack already to get ready for this winter to put it on to make the track, you know. New clay. New clay. You ever heard of that one before, Ronnie? I have, because you're constantly having to replace it because you keep digging it out. If you was That's not the same clay Charlie Blanton raced on? No. If you was, <laughs> was to come to Danny's house and watch us have to wash this race car on Monday evening, mm -hmm. you'll find out where all this red clay goes to. Well, <laughs> well where is that race car? Where do you, where's your shop? Uh, we got one shop is my son-in-law's down here at Roebuck, right right across in front of Earnhardt Electric on State and Drive. Mm -hmm. uh, most time, 90% of the time, it stays down there. But now come wintertime... I'll move them to my shop and I'll take them all apart, redo them, and get them ready for next year. You you actually do the wrench turning yourself? I actually do. I just we between me and Danny, that's about the two of us is what we've pretty, been together. We've been together now for twelve years doing this since two thousand six. That's pretty cool. He must be good. His hands don't look beat up. He must wear some of those mechanics well, gloves. I've had a couple of weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, we really like to promote Spartanburg racing around here. And with the legends and goodness knows we've got so many of them living and non-living. Um, so you got a, this is a Spartanburg operation. Yes, sir. It's well, a Spartanburg uh, that's, operation. My daddy, he started racing back in the 50s, 58 Greenville Pickens. Who was that? Harley Hill. Okay. He used to, that's when Greenville Pickens was a dirt track, and it was a NASCAR-sanctioned dirt track. I only went to like 50 or 60 races over there, so. Okay. Before I, they, in fact, that was, you look on YouTube, the first race when it was paved was a Grand National race. I guess it was Winston Cup by then. It was in 1971. I am all over it. I'm following those people around in the pits, and when they interview David Pearson at the end of the race, uh, he finished second. I'm standing right there behind him with yellow sunglasses and a yellow Vanderbilt sweatshirt. Well, he was he was photo bombing before that became a thing to do. Oh, okay. I, I was just trying to be a part. Right. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I, Greenville Pickens was a big part of my life. But we're going to take a break right now. I never mentioned uh, Yeah, did I mention our special guest? Todd? No. It's Todd Bodine, one of the three Bodine brothers. And Todd is a multi-time champion and we can't wait to talk to him and we'll be doing that here from the beacon drive-in studios in spartanburg after this there's no points racing here greg perry ronnie and nelson are racing to win you're listening to start your engines on fox sports 1498.3 fm Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't plantain. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I ain't plantain. 
okay? Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. It's our favorite time of the year, football season, and sports talk has South Carolina covered from the coast to the mountains. This is Phil Cornblue. Join Will Pelagic, Tom Hayes, and me weeknights from 6 to 8. You'll hear from Dabo, Muschamp, players and coaches as we break it all down for you as we have over the last three decades. That's Sports Talk weeknights at 6 here on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. If you're riding around in your car listening to the game and your car radio sounds like this and you want it to sound like this there's the pass to Leitner puts it up then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality and visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. It's football season, which means it's time for tailgates. To make your tailgate number one, you need to visit Game Day Barbecue in Duncan. Game Day Barbecue has all your favorites, including pulled pork, smokehouse chicken, ribs, and brisket. Match any of those with their eight homemade sides like mac and cheese and potato salad, and you have a winning team. Game Day Barbecue, 165 West Main Street in Duncan, open from 10.30 a.m. till 8 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. So stop in for lunch or dinner or give them a call at 864-249-6787 to cater your event or tailgate. Game Day Barbecue, we do things the old-fashioned way. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirits' tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirits carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirits apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirits, Reedville Road on Spartanburg's West Side, where customer service is the difference. So by now you probably know that Steak Horse Restaurant and Billiards on East Main Street serves delicious burgers and steaks and has the best pool tables in town. What you may not know is that Steak Horse has recently extended their hours. That's right, Steak Horse is now open 24 hours a day and is even serving breakfast. So now you can enjoy pool tables, dartboards, cornhole, and classic arcade games anytime, day or night. Steak Horse Restaurant and Billiards, 2600 East Main Street in Spartanburg. Now open 24 hours. The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Weekdays from noon till 3 on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And it is my great pleasure to introduce our next guest, our racing legend, a two-time, I guess it was Craftsman Craftman Truck Series back in that day. Um, Mr. Todd Bodine, welcome to Start Your Engines, Todd. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, it was uh, 
actually the first championship was uh, Craftsman, and the second one was Camping World. So I'm the only one that has one of each. Pretty cool. That is good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I tell you cool. what, um, you have. A, I was looking over your resume. Not that. Uh, well, I mean, I needed to because you've been around for quite a while now, and you've been in so many of the different NASCAR series and the Wheeling trucks and ARCA and everything, and it's uh, Wheeling uh, modifieds. I mean not trucks that uh you've got quite a resume and uh but the trucks i remember i mean it was like you were dominant from you know the the beginning of the 2000s all the way up till you quit i mean you were it was it was you every week well <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean you know it's it's you got to have a good team you got to have good trucks and i was fortunate to be with toyota for a long time and Jermaine Racing and uh, Mike Hillman Sr. was the general manager, and he was smart enough and knew the right people and put the right people in place. And his son, Mike Jr., was my crew chief. You know, we had we had good people, and that's what makes it go fast. You know, I'm just the guy sitting behind the wheel is just the end result of a lot of work, a lot of hard work uh, that guys put together and. You know, if if you got good guys and good stuff, you can go out and do the job. You know, we started out the show this morning um, because I guess it was the big talk all week in NASCAR or in, in, the, in racing around here anyway about the finish at Martinsville. And, you know, how'd you feel about the way Logano handled that? <laughs> well, um, you know, I think that uh, he didn't do anything that any one of those drivers that's in the playoff wouldn't have done. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> because no, I, that's we're 100% in agreement. Does that make it right? No, absolutely not. But every other driver that's in that playoff would have done the same thing to, do, to get the same result. And so you can't fault him for that. But you can fault him and every other driver in the playoffs because they'd all do the same thing. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with you know, moving a guy to win the race or wrecking a guy to win the race. Uh, Martin passed Joey clean, ran side-by-side side for six laps, and never rubbed him, never, you know, he, he moved him up a little bit, but it was because he overdrove it a little. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a shame that it came down the way it did and what happened. Um, but, you know, you... you you got to do sometimes what you got to do to get make sure you get to the playoffs, and that's what he did. But I, I would not have done it myself. That's right. As if if you think this is Allen Hill, do you think if the playoffs or you know the championship was not on this line, do you think Joey would have done the same thing? No, yeah, that's a great question. You know, it a is a good question. question. I don't know. Joey, Joey's I don't outside. Know. Joey was outside the top four right there, and it's coming down to this. And you know, you got a good shot going on to that championship, which NASCAR has made it this way now, and NASCAR's wanting to put this back into racing. So now you well, got Joey, now you got Joey sitting here going, "I've got my chance right here." He didn't once. He did not hit Truex getting into the third turn like Denny did. When he done Chase Elliott, that both cars was actually turning coming off the fourth turn. I mean, he just bumped him up just a little bit, and then Martin down the straightaway was kind of—I ain't gonna say turning left on Joey, 
I don't know if if he would have kept his car straight and and just drove it straight, he may have beat Joey to the start finish line. You know, everything you said is is, is pretty accurate. You know, Joey went down <laughs> in the three, and he didn't hit Martin. He he pushed Martin and he pushed him out of the way. Yeah. So that's number one, and I don't know. You know, that's a a question that will never get answered. Would have Martin beaten him to the line if he didn't spin his tires up off the corner? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, you would think that he would because the outside usually has a little momentum, but Martinsville is different. Um, so that's that's a question that we'll never be able to answer. Um, but the way it went down, you know, if I was Martin. Yeah, I'd have been pretty bad. I'd have been pissed yeah. off about it. But, you know, you got to realize that, you know what, he would have done the same thing in the same position. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Joey looking <clears throat> at it like he only has one shot to get into this, not unless he goes to Texas this week or Phoenix. And don't get me wrong, the Fords are feist this year. And But if you got that opportunity right there in front of you, it's best to take it now. Well, you're not going to be able to pull that move at Texas and, and not tear up a bunch of equipment. Oh. And, and you maybe at Phoenix, but not at Texas. And which brings up another question uh, that I wanted to ask Todd. Uh, how about Texas? I know you've put a lot of r- laps around there. What What do you think about that track? How do you like it? It's super fast. Yeah, it's. Uh, they ran the second fastest fast. mile and a half lap in history yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I know it. It's pretty incredible. Oh, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't raced on the new Texas uh, since they repaved it and reconfigured turns one and two. Um, but I've talked to a lot of guys that have, and you know, three and four is in the trucks is pretty wide open, pretty easy to drive, no big deal. Uh, one and two is is tough. You know, getting into one, it's real flat. You're turning uh, the corner before before you ever pick up the banking. So. Cars and trucks tend to get loose on entry. Uh, and then when you get down in the middle, things want to push out because it gets tight and you're trying to not turn the wheel. So one and two is pretty tough. Um, but it's definitely fast, you know, and, and it's, the, the track is starting to widen out. You know, every time you pave a racetrack, it becomes a one-groove track. But after time and weather and racing, it'll start widening out. And it's getting that way. So I think uh, today and tomorrow we're going to see side-by-side racing, and it's going to be fast. You know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, it's, it's always been a fast track, but now with the repave, it's gotten faster. And the, and the guys and the teams have gotten the cars better. So, uh, yeah, that was definitely, you know, Ryan definitely put down a lap to, to behold yesterday, that's for sure. I remember when they uh, reconfigured Atlanta, and um, – your brother Jeff turned that 197 mile an hour qualifying lap, and in fact, they sh- showed it on TV yesterday, and it, it's still like the fifth or sixth fastest lap on a mile and a half track. But did I understand them correctly that that thing uh, has it not? Because I know they're belly aching about don't pave Atlanta, don't pave Atlanta, and it's real, real abrasive. Has that track not been paved since 1997? <laughs> that's exactly right good grief so, i mean that's that's got to yeah. be like a record for a super speedway yeah it's definitely a long time but you know i understand why these guys don't want the drivers don't want it paved because it really separates 
the good teams from the bad, the good drivers from the bad. Uh, when you're when you're slipping and sliding and the, the, you're having to drive the cars, it, it, the better drivers will come to the top, and that's exactly what happens. And and the cars slow down, and uh, you know it's just so much fun as a driver to be able to do that. And I, I can totally understand why they don't want it to be paved. It's it's a lot of fun to race on. It's tough, but it's a lot of work. So as a driver to get out there and race on that thing is slipping and sliding. You're you're working every single lap, uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. But I also heard him say if they paved it, they'd be running two hundred and five, two hundred seven. Well, under the the rules package we have right now, yeah. Absolutely, but you know they're they're changing the rules. So, well, what about uh, that? We, Tell me about the rule changes coming up for next year. I mean, uh, how do you feel about that? And is this gonna is it gonna slow the cars down, or is it gonna make the racing better, or both? Well, it's definitely gonna slow them down. I mean, that's part of what they're doing it for, and they're also gonna make the racing better. In that. You know, the guys will be in a more of a pack. It's going to be more like speedway racing on mile and a half, and they're, uh, you know, they're not going to be letting off the throttle as much and all those kinds of things. Um, I, I'm in total disagreement with it. I don't. I think they're putting a bandaid on the real issue and and making rules to fix an issue that they need to look in a different area to fix. Well, what so is the real? I don't agree with it. What is the well, real see, issue? We, we, We've got so much downforce and so much side force in these cars and trucks right now that that's why they're fast. I mean, they go down the corner. It's all about not who who can lift out of the throttle the least, who can hold it the wide open longest. That's the guy that's going to be fast. And with all this side force and downforce, that's what's happening. So to me, they need to take side force out of them. They need to take downforce out of them. Make the guys lift out of the throttle like the old days and that's going to slow them down. Well, how would you do uh, that? Make them ride higher or uh, something with a spoiler? Or how would you do that? Well, the side force, you, that's, that's the side of the cars and trucks. Uh, you know, they're really flat. They're all skewed out. You know, we're, you know how it looks like they're going down the straightaway sideways. Uh, it that's used to called, really be called, bad. Yeah, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, it's still real bad. It's as bad as it's ever been. Um, that's what creates side force. So if you take all that skew out, make them, uh, and then then take the spoilers off them, take the the splitters off them, or make them smaller. So you take some side downforce away. You know now you're slowing them down. Now they get to the end of the straightaway and they have to let off the throttle to go through the corner. And, and that's you know what, what creates good racing. And you know what else? It would make it look more like a stock car, which I don't think well, would hurt a bit. It look it look more like what's on the street, which I think a lot of fans have a problem with. It. They, they don't relate to the showroom car, and um, you know I, I think that's a great idea. What you just said. Well, I, you know I've been preaching this for a long time, but I'm just one voice. Yeah. You know the the drivers have said that, but some of the other drivers, but they they don't seem to be listening to them, and I don't understand why. You know, instead they come out with this package where they put big holes in the front end to create a lot of drag, and it works in that it makes great racing because you got a draft now. But I mean, who wants to run around Charlotte in a Cup car wide open? That's that's not a lot of fun. We're talking, yeah, we're talking to Todd Bodine this morning, two-time um, truck champion, and uh, go ahead, Alan. 
Uh, Todd, what about these bump stops and these big sway bars? Do you think they could ever take them away from them boys? No, you can't do that. That's you know, technology has got them to that point, and I, I, I actually think that the well, they're not really on bump stops anymore. I mean, it kind of is, but it isn't. They're on springs, but they just run really stiff springs, so they don't move a lot. Um, and I, I actually think that was a good thing because. When we started with the cars up in the air at, at an inspection height, and then you know they all worked on getting them down to this position on the racetrack, that cost a lot of money. You know, when springs and R and D and trying to figure those things out, how to do it the best way. Well, if you let them start what we call zero ride height, um, doesn't cost any money to get there. You know, so that you're not going to change that, and I, I actually think that's a good thing. Uh, you know, the Xfinity cars have gone to it where they let them run shaft springs on the shocks so that they, they can just fall down to where they need to be. Um, and I think trucks need to go to that. They're not there yet, but they need to be doing that. It just it saves a lot of money. It saves a lot of money in springs, R&D, time, effort. Um, so it's a good thing. You know, that truck race last night, I watched most of it, and I watched the end of it, and that 19-year-old high school kid that that won it, that was his third win of the year on a super fast track like that with all those veteran, you know, the other drivers and everything. I mean, that's just, it's amazing. His name's Justin Haley, and, uh, you know, it's not a household name yet, but I think it's probably going to be. You know, a lot of these young guys are coming up, and I'm all for it. You know, I'm an old man myself, but I, I all, at the same time, I hate to see a lot of the veterans. I don't know if it's... Um, they're taking people's seats to and it, to the owners, you know, cutting salary, you know, to put Suarez into uh, somebody. And nothing against him. You can pick anybody where one of these, like, one of these drivers came in and sort of displaced uh, an older veteran. Uh, looks like it may happen with uh, a couple this year, like Jamie McMurray. I'm, you know, I don't know. But you know, what do you think about the new guys coming up? This guy last night, I mean, he's – He's won three races, and he won last night, and he's more than capable of doing the job. Well, I, I think it's the nature of all sports, you know. I mean, everybody ages out, you know. It does. It's just it's the way life is, you know. And, and nowadays, in all the sports, the youth is the movement. You, the younger you are, the the more you they want you. And you know, these guys are. These kids are getting started young, you know. They're, they're racing go karts at five and six years old. So when they when they get to the truck series and they're seventeen, eighteen years old, they've already got a lot of experience. They're not new at racing. They're just new at at trucks. They're new at going that fast. And that's what the truck series is about: is to give these kids some experience, let them understand and learn how racing is on the speedways, and then gives them the opportunity to move up if they're good. So you know, it's just. That's the nature of the business. It's, you know, it was that way when I started. You know, we just uh, it was a little different back then to where we didn't have to bring money with us. We got our jobs because we were good and talented. And today, a lot of these kids are getting jobs because they have sponsorship they can bring with them, um, which is not a bad thing. But you know, they still got to have talent to get it done. I like the way so, you. I, mean, it's, I like the way you did it, Todd. <laughs> well, you know, it's, but it's a different world today. It is. It's a different business. It's a different world. Uh, and you have to understand that this just the way it is. And it doesn't mean that a lot of these young guys aren't 
good. They're very good. You know, Justin's a great example. He he did well in the K and N series and and uh, late models, and he's a road racer and running the trucks. He's gotten with a good team and he's winning races and he's doing well. He's learning, and you know, there's a lot of kids that are like that. So you you got to give them props for that. Todd, we're up against the break. Tell us what you've got going on. I know you're a you're a television personality as well as a great driver. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, we're uh, I'm doing analyst work for FS1 for the truck series. Uh, I'm on the race hub once a week with a truck segment, and then do the pre-race show for the truck. And uh, loving every minute of it, and having fun. Still glad to be involved in the sport. Well, Todd, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Uh, I love talking to people that are knowledgeable, and we try to have everybody that comes on the show knowledgeable, but, I mean, you're up to date with what's going on right now. You're on top of all the changes, and you have opinions about what needs to be done and what's not being done, and I love it. And just thank you so much for coming on. Uh, No problem, guys. Anytime. Thank you. That was Todd Bodine, and I tell you what, that's the the guy that knows what he's talking about. He He absolutely does. Well, we're going to take a break right now and come back with uh, our last segment with the incomparable, incomparable or uncomparable? Incomparable. Well, anyway, his name's Nelson Crozier, and we'll have him after this from the Beacon Driving Studios in Spartanburg. Start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Tired of eating fast food for lunch every day? Wish you could have a good home-cooked meal but can't find the time? Well, now you can. Rascal's Eatery on Asheville Highway is now serving lunch. So stop on in and enjoy a meat and three plate with choices like fried chicken, country ham, or chicken fried steak. All served with your choice of homemade veggies like green beans and mac and cheese. Rascal's Eatery is conveniently located at 1455 Asheville Highway and is now serving these lunch specials every day from 11 to 3. Rascal's Eatery, serving the comfort foods you crave. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun frank's for the memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries onion rings and corn nuggets frank's for the memories 468 oak grove road next to westview elementary is open for lunch monday through saturday till 3 30 p.m thanks for the memories want to text the show Download our app to use the Elite Audio text line. Search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play now. Sure, it's easy to jump on the Internet and search for financial information. 
But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That's where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janney Montgomery Scott, located right here in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. Trent can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review at 864-585-8282. That's 585-8282 or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. This is the sound heard immediately before you order the McDonald's new 100% fresh beef quarter pounder burgers. This is the sound heard immediately after you order the McDonald's new 100% fresh beef quarter pounder burgers. North American beef that's fresh, sizzling on McDonald's flat iron grill. A sound heard only after you order because McDonald's cooks your quarter pounder just for you. So it's hotter, juicier, and full of flavor. How's that sound? Available at most restaurants and listening area. Hotter and juicier compared to prior quarter pound beef patty. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Welcome to Start Your Engines, Nelson. And I know you're not at the track today, so we'll uh, get that out front. But um, got to get your feelings about the finish last week at Martinsville. I know we you were there for that one, and we just had Todd Bodine talking about it. And he kind of said... It wasn't exactly what he would have done, but he doesn't have a huge problem with it. What What do you think? And and your opinion means as much as anybody. Well, it's what the fans want. Exactly. So, uh, that's probably the most important. Truex uh, drove a very clean race, uh, you know, and it, it's going to be a payback. Uh, was it out of bounds? Uh, no, it was probably okay, but. Uh, you know, they almost both lost on it, but that 11 car almost snuck in and stole a win. He did. Well, and, uh, it was in- interesting. Pre, uh, you know, in the pre-race uh, ceremonies, uh, he got booed real bad. Now, uh, Logano got booed. No, the 11 car. Oh, 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 okay. Well, I mean, that's uh, kind of his home track. And that's right. So, you know, when you're at your home track and uh, they don't like you. Uh, <laughs> well, did you think this is Alan Hill, Nelson? Uh, from what Denny Hamlin done, I think he just, you know, he dumped Elliot getting off into the third turn. Whereas Joey just kind of moved Martin Truex up the racetrack a little bit. And if you've seen a race uh, like I've seen it all day long, that second groove was fast up on the high side coming off. 
And yeah, I don't think there was anything wrong with it. Uh, you know, Truex was probably uh, a little bit too excited and a little bit too vocal about it. Uh, but, you know, there will be a payback. I, I just hope it doesn't happen something like uh, it was last year, uh, you know, at Martinsville where, you know, 22 car got shoved into the wall by a uh, car, car that was nine laps down. But it, as far as the payback, I mean, Texas is a, is, I mean, that's a pretty dangerous place to pay somebody back and you've only got Phoenix oh. and Homestead. So I'd say it's it's going to happen at Phoenix if it happens. Uh, yeah, I, I would say uh, Phoenix or uh, if they both get to Homestead, uh, you know, something would definitely happen there. But, you know, tempers have cooled down. Uh, I'm sure they've both been spoken to and say, hey, you know, uh, we don't want to see a, re- you know, a, a bad reoccurrence. You know, you can move them out of the way. Uh, we'll accept that, but don't be putting them in the wall. Exactly, and I think maybe somebody told that to, uh, or if I was his crew chief or, or owner, that's what I would have told Truex. I said, you know, that's that's you can expect that. He didn't wreck you. He didn't dump you, as as you said, Alan, and. Uh, he just moved him, and that's been going on since I used to watch Cotton Owens and Buck Baker at the Spartanburg Fairgrounds. I mean, that's been going on a long time. Oh, constantly. Uh, remember uh, a bush race at uh, Rockingham one time. Jeff Bodine was leading, and uh, Bernard Sr. You know, moved him over and got the race. Bodine came into victory lane, you know, hot as a firecracker. You could have wrecked me. You could have put me in the wall. Ernard looks at him and said, Bud, if I want to put you in the wall, you'd be in the wall. <laughs> but, you know, what goes around comes around, and I don't know if uh, Earnhardt ever moved um, Mayfield over, but I'll never forget Mayfield moving Earnhardt over at Pocono. I mentioned it earlier in the show. and uh, So it's paybacks, or or it happens to everybody. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, and, you know, whether you personally like it or not, NASCAR has got to love it because everybody's talking about it. Uh, exactly. Before uh, uh, we get uh, by it, uh, Mary Holman George, uh, you know, Indianapolis Motor Speedway passed away uh, yesterday at 83 years old. Oh, no. I, so, I did not know that. And I used to I used to love her trying to – she struggled, but, I, but getting through the uh, uh, gentleman start your engines was always a – kind of a well she didn't task. struggle too much uh, that was oh, that was her uh, mother that, that was her mother that, right that's right. correct and i remember the last uh race we did there uh abc espn uh there are two people holding uh the grandmother up and they announced her and she said that's my name and you know it was really a shame uh, uh but you know it was tradition but you know mary holman george uh you know uh she was uh, very benevolent, and everybody will miss her. Uh, another big thing, I don't know whether you covered it yet or not, uh, everybody's talking about sponsorships uh, leaving, but 48 Car has Ally uh, Financial as a two-year primary sponsor. So, And uh, that's for all, 48, uh, all 36 or whatever it is races, right? That is correct. And uh, that's uh, the finance arm of General Motors, basically, what used to be uh, in a different form, GMAC. I did not know that. Let's get our picks in real quick, Nelson. Uh, I'll let you go first. We've got two races to catch you to catch Ronnie, and uh, 
if either one of us runs the table here, you know, we can catch him. I think we maybe have one more week we can do it because we're right. We're one race behind him, so we got a shot okay. at him. Go ahead. I think I'm going to try Harvick this week, but uh, I'll tell you, any one of those Fords is up there, but again, Denny Hamlin's up there, and uh, it's going to be interesting. Well, I'm going to uh, pick for Greg. He usually goes with the Wood Brothers. I'll take it. Alan, you don't have a chance to catch up, but if you get one win, you can tie Greg. Who you like? Well, I'm going to take the boy sitting on the pole. I always said if you unload that car and it's fast, it's going to be fast during the race. I'm going to take it Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney, and he's he would have been a good choice at Charlotte. Yes, he would. <laughs> uh, Ronnie? Well, I still got a taste for M&M's, so I'm going with the 18. All right. Well, then I'll take I'll take Kez since y'all left him. No, I can't do that. I got to take uh, I got to take Elliot for my daughter, and um, he was hot there for a little while. What? I don't know if you know our special guest or not. He's uh, he may uh, be on a lot more next year. But um, Alan Hill, his brother Mike, used to work for Junior Johnson. Uh, you know Mike and and uh, Alan. Yes, know Mike very well, and know Alan a little bit. Yes, sir. I'd like to thank you for everything you've done for NASCAR over the years, Nelson. Everybody I know in the garage area appreciate everything you've done for them. I remember I was there in 87, 88, 89. You know, anybody that had a problem, they'd call you just like we did uh, Earl Parker. You remember Earl Parker whenever he used to do the champion spark plugs? Uh, absolutely. Uh, Earl passed away, uh, I guess, in three years ago now. Uh, I went and saw him in the nursing home before he passed and then went up to the funeral. And unfortunately, there are very little NASCAR turnout for his funeral. There are, you know, maybe half a dozen, uh, you know, uh, people there, uh, maybe a dozen, but a very few, which was really a shame because Earl helped a whole lot of people. Well, you know, back then, nobody took their engine man to the racetrack with them. Everybody relied on Earl Parker to uh, check the spark plugs. Oh, no question. I remember uh, Daytona's first year, Jack Roush came. Uh, you know, he brings the spark plugs over, and uh, Earl looked at him and hands him to me. I said, it's too lean. And Jack said, that's where I run my Trans Am cars. <laughs> my both at the same time. He said, burn up the engine. Oh, no. He went away uh, in the 125 race, going down the back stretch, went up in a plume of smoke, burned two pistons. He came all over and he said, okay, what do I need to do? <laughs> and, you know, uh, Jack always knew it all, but when he screwed up, he would come and he said, hey, he wouldn't say it in these words, but basically, I know I screwed up. Tell me what I need to do to fix it. Nelson, and, you're the uh, best. You're the best. We appreciate you coming on the show. We're sort of up against the finish of the show here. And uh, uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you next week, maybe from the track, maybe not. But thank you so much. We always appreciate you. You're the best. Okay, good enough, and we'll talk to you later. Okay, that's Nelson Crozier. He's the best. He is what, Ronnie? The smartest man I know. The smartest man Ronnie knows. Okay. I know a lot of guys, too. I got a lot of stuff here. I killed a bunch of trees again to get some information that I don't know if I'm going to get in, but let's give it a shot. Of course, Texas is tomorrow. It's at 3 p.m. on NBCSN. Next week will be at uh, Phoenix, the Can-Am 500, which will be at 2.30 on NBC. And uh, as far as the point standings go for the the cup cars, uh, if I can get the pages unstuck here, fumbling around with it. Anyway, I didn't do it in time. The um, It looks like there's going to be uh, – 
Oh, there it is. I cut the corner off and I couldn't find it. Yeah, Kyle Busch is leading the points. He's got a 21-point lead over Harvick and Truex with Joey Logano fourth. The first four out right now are Kurt Busch, Chase Elliott, Clint Boyer, and Eric Amarola. No, Eric's in because he won. Right. So um, that'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. So one of the po- positions is already taken, mm-hmm. and uh, and Eric's got it. So uh, that'll be a fight, and it'll be on a real fast track. Xfinity guys run today. Of course, Jeremy Clements had a great finish a couple of weeks ago out at Kansas with a 10th. He, uh, they run the O'Reilly Auto Parts 300 today at 3.30 on NBC on the mothership against all that football. See how that works out. With uh, next week, the Phoenix 200 at 3.30 p.m. also on NBC, and that will be the Phoenix 200 is probably in Phoenix. You might have figured that Makes out. Makes sense to me. Yep, that points championship is uh, uh, real tight. Eric Sadler has a one-point lead over Daniel Hen- he- he- Hemrick. I'll get it out in a minute. Tyler Reddick is three points back, and Christopher Bell, who's been winning so many races, is 13 points back. The first four out are Matt Tift, Justin Allgaier, Cole Custer, and Austin Sendrick. The trucks ran last night, and uh, we talked about that. Justin Haley won, and it's pretty much uh, uh, a tight race, but it looks like Sadler is going to be the, the not well, Sadler, has, but Sauter's going to be the champion there. Did Haley just come out of nowhere? yeah but he was won three races after since he came out and the formula one guys wrapped it up last week now um lewis hamilton only had to finish in the top five he finished fourth so they've got two races left at uh, uh next sunday the heineken grand prix of brazil at interlagos atrodomo jose carlos pache and uh, that'll be on abc at twelve ten up against uh pro football Alan, great to have you on the show. Nice being here. Let's make it a habit. And uh, we, um, Ronnie, you got somebody important there? He's important as Roll Tide Terry. Well, we don't have time for Roll. Yeah, we got about five minutes. Five minutes? I thought that was 30 seconds. (laughs) We got five minutes? We got five minutes, yeah. Put him on. I was rushing through that stuff. I didn't know we had that much time. (laughs) Hey, Terry, what's going on? I got a question. Okay day when racing NASCAR started, and y'all know in the 60s and stuff, was not NASCAR like wrestling and Slick Rick Flair and all of them that you want to know what's going on in the pits and who was a fighting and carrying on in the pits, and when they rattled the cages and they went in and had all kind of disagreements and stuff. Like, you know, when Larry and them beat up on somebody next week, how many tickets did it sell down at the auditorium because of the what was going on extra on the infields and stuff? Uh, I think that's where NASCAR has changed a lot. Is the good old old boys, they just don't promote it. It's more business type well I've, I've told this this story before on here i know my daddy used to go down to the uh confederate motor speedway every saturday night and the the track owner down there told the guys if you're gonna fight wait till you get to the front stretch and fight in front of the stands <laughs> and, and don't get me well, wrong 
don't get me wrong. We used to have a promoter over here at Gaffney named Rock Galt. He would tell the, <laughs> he would tell the fire he'd tell the po- police to wait five minutes because. One of them guys is ready to quit fighting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of the best ones I ever seen was C.L. Pritchard and uh, Duval. Yes, sir. Yeah. Duval wrecked C.R. Pritchard over in Gaffney. Yes, sir. And C.L. come in and asked him, could he go in the pits real quick? They <laughs> told him, yeah, he went in the pits. Well, C.L. And then, uh, that's when, uh, uh, what's the name of them over here had the record? Uh, Paul Parrish. Paul Parrish yeah. put a 427 in it. Yes, sir. And that thing would fly. Yes, sir. And CL went over and turned sideways on the back stretch. And old Gossett told him, go over and get him off the track. Go over and pull him off the track. He went over, and that record. Next thing I know, that record was coming back the other way as fast as he could. He pulled up over there and he told him, he said, that song guy's got a shotgun over there. And he <laughs> says, ain't nobody, nobody's going to stop this race unless Duval goes to the rear with me because he was in that wreck. And, uh, you know, the crowds went crazy. You know, I mean, Go down to auditorium. I mean, what did you do down there at the auditorium? I mean, you know, we went wrestling down there. I, I mean, uh, well, Terry, they, one of the things got political correct now. Well, Terry, I, th- I think we, state, I think we in agreement with you, and, and uh, I think a little bit of showmanship needs to go back into to NASCAR. Come to Gaffney on Saturday night. Oh, I know you meant hey. I, you, you gotta realize, I grew up in Mayo. <laughs> Anybody know anything about Mayo? You know the Davis boys. We know all about them. All right, Terry. Listen, we got we got to go. We got to wrap this show up. All right, wrap it up, guys, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Call Terry. in a little earlier next time. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Tide Terry. He he's got some stories there, and I yeah, got a feeling does. we're going to pick up our uh, short track. Uh, uh, coverage here pretty soon that was yeah, that was so. great uh we um I, I misunderstood when you held up five fingers just now i, I don't know why i thought that was 30 seconds because i'm racing through all my stuff well, i wonder why you were going so fast <laughs> but i got it in yeah, and yeah. we had time for roll tide terry that's so it. it worked out <laughs> i want to thank somebody we never get a chance to thank and that's lanny mckinney who does our uh budmore does the budmore website and puts our shows on the podcast. On podcast, that, and that's great. It is great. All you got to do on your smartphone is hit the podcast icon and type in Start Your Engines, and uh, we got 30-something shows on there, and Lanny's got every one of them. And we appreciate Lanny doing it. like to thank Alan Hill again. Alan, appreciate you coming on. Want you to come on more often. Thank you all very much for having me here. It's been fun. And um, we... Uh, have a beautiful day to do whatever you want to do. I think we got football everywhere. And got Clemson f- and Carolina both playing at noon today. But at three thirty, you got uh, Georgia and Kentucky. And at seven thirty tonight, you got Alabama and LSU. I'm afraid I will only be getting off the couch periodically <laughs> between timeouts and injuries and things like that, and and between games. And I hate it, but it would be great if it was a 
a rainy, miserable day, but it's not. And all the rest of you, though, can go out and enjoy the beautiful sunshine. I know my daughter came home, and she's going to go pop some rounds up at my buddy's farm and a ranch or whatever it is. So we appreciate it. We got a lot more for you next week. Thanks for listening. And remember to keep it between the fences. Get well, Greg. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. 